third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Third and 20 podcast, episode 71. My name is Frank Ensel. We've got Mr. Steed, Mr. World Series Brave Steed. How yeah. are you feeling? How are you feeling about that? Uh, I, I think it's more just like surreal. You know, whenever I was watching game one, I was like, holy shit, dude, we're in the World Series. Like, you know, because like I've never seen it in my lifetime. Last time they've been there, I was two years old now. I don't remember, you know. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's really cool. You know, I got the big bet, bet going. They're my favorite team. Um, nobody thought this team would be there. They're grinding their way. They're 1-1 right now. Hopefully they get a couple wins in the A. Yeah, for those who don't know, Steed, you put 300 on the Braves to win the World Series back in March, and the payout's like 4K? 40, yeah, 4,200. Holy smokes. <laughs> Did you end so, up hedging that? No, I'm sticking oh to my, my bet. Why are you not hedging that bet? Hedging's for gardeners. <laughs> All right, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, if they go up 3-1, you have to. If they go right, up, yeah. like, you have to at that point. It's a 3-1 well, lead. Like, that's the most Atlanta move. Well, yeah. Well, we had a 3-1 lead last year. and we didn't blow it. And, you know, like... It does suck because our ace got hurt and he's out for the World Series now. But Ooh, you know, yeah. uh, you gotta trust the team. That's what I'm doing. Um. All right, so let's get into some college football from Week Eight. Game number one that I want to talk about, just a completely wild game. I didn't, I wasn't watching this game, but the highlights were coming on, and that's Wake Forest beating Army seventy to fifty six. Wake Forest advances to seven and zero, like really low key. I'm pretty sure are they the highest? Is Pittsburgh above them in the in the polls? No. Yeah. So Wake Forest is the top ranked ACC team at seven and zero at thirteen. Pittsburgh is behind them. They had a big win against Clemson that we'll get into. Yeah. I, I got to ask you though, because I, I don't think that Wake Forest is really that legit. They had a really close game that they could have easily lost against Louisville. I mean, this was not a stylish win i guess isn't like, it just wasn't like a dominant win offense, um, was dominant. Off, offense was dominant and they like dude they were it was just big play city they, they had like 17 total minutes of of possession but they put up 70 points like if you do the math like that's ridiculous the, their points per minute and and their pace i don't think they're legit i'm curious as to if you think they're legit and they actually have a chance to win the acc no, I, I, I'm leaning more towards what you're feeling. I, I don't see them being as legit. Because, like, again, I, the ACC is a joke, right? Like, out of, <laughs> yeah. all, the, out of all of the five major conferences, uh, even including the Pac-12, I think I, the ACC would rank last this season. Um, Besides, like, Pittsburgh. I do like Pittsburgh, like, more than Wake Forest. I do think that's more of a complete team, legit team, especially with Pickett, you know. But, yeah, they're they're good. For Wake Forest, you know, like if you're going to be the highest ranked team, in the ACC, we, I don't want to see like all these close matchups, you know, and especially you giving up 56 points to Army. Now, I'm pretty sure Army runs the triple option, but that could just give you like a little bit of trouble. I mean, we'll talk about a game that gave, gave the team a little bit of trouble there too, but I, yeah, I'm I, I'm not sold on this Wake Forest team. I think that it, at the end of the day, they'll be a nine. Or 10 win team, yeah. But I think it's just kind of like a good year for them. 
and they've because they could easily be like four and three, five and two, right? And they just somehow. I mean, they had where... two three point wins back to back against Louisville and Syracuse. Yeah, it, it, those two schools have like really shown up and played good this year, where they they weren't supposed to. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, if you're going to be the top ACC teams, I'd like to see a little more ground in those games. So that's why I'm just not sold on them yet. Yeah, so, like, looking at their schedule, because I remember I was looking at their schedule early in the season, I actually took Louisville to win that game where they lost by three. And my argument was, okay, their first three games, you beat Old Dominion 42-10. You beat Norfolk State 41-16. You knocked the doors off of Florida State 35-14. to But we both agreed early in the season, now, whenever, Florida State's a fraud team. Yeah, um, they're just weird. And then they they kicked the crap out of Virginia, but I think that Virginia just wasn't really ready for the pace that this Wake Forest team plays at. There's actually a play, I'm pretty sure, from that game where uh, Virginia runs like a three-man rush, and all of their defensive linemen are so tired that they don't even rush the quarterback. One dude's on a knee the entire time, and the Wake Forest quarterback is just kind of sitting there like, yeah, he's all right, dead. well, I'm yeah, I've got all the time in the world. I'm going to chuck it deep, and then they end up scoring. It's like, what the hell is going on? I don't know. I think a loss is coming. I don't think it necessarily will be this week against Duke. But, dude, they have UNC, NC State, Clemson, BC, all four in a row to end the year. They are not – I think they win two of those games. Yeah, I think NC State and even North Carolina, just an offense that can keep – like has the capability of keeping up with them, you know, like could give them a little bit of a scare. And maybe even Clemson, you know, like if – Clemson's defense can like hold their they need turnovers. If Clemson is able to get turnovers, then they can easily win that game. And I'm pretty sure Clemson's home as well. I'm pretty sure three of these games are on the road for Wake Forest coming up. Well, yeah, Clemson would need turnovers that also maybe like a couple pick sixes or like a return fumble because you know their offense ain't scoring. <laughs> right, maybe they need to bench DJ. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to say his last you name. Yeah, the, whenever I hear the announcers on those Clemson broadcasts, I think that they're pronouncing it the right way, and it just is – I could not mimic those noises that they make. Yeah, well, he's not good, so um, – He's one of the Heisman favorites, too. He was like 7-1. to one. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the thing is, is that like you, you, even when you watch him now, it's like you see the talent – he just hasn't really been able to put it together. And, and not all the blame is on him for Clemson. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is. Don't get me wrong. But it's Clemson players in general need to step up. So other game that we have to mention. Illinois beating Penn State in nine overtimes, oh, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Nine OTs. First off, how many plays in a row can you go from the three-yard line and not That's score? <laughs> like. Yeah. That has to be the most in a row ever because that was absurd to watch. And it's funny because they made, like, all these different mistakes. First off, the quarterbacks just couldn't hit wide-open players. And then guys were dropping passes. And then they try a couple of runs that don't work. And it's like they've literally tried every single two-point play they have in their playbook. And it's like, well, crap. I guess we need to just start it from the top. And then they finally scored. Yeah, and that game was just wild to see because they implemented the new OT rules. It's like, what, after the second OT? 
you know, you just go for two point conversions, try to speed it up because yeah. date back to that A and M LSU game that just lasted forever too. It was a crazy game. I like, I mean, if you got two offices that suck, you know, it, it doesn't really help. But I mean, great win for Illinois. I'm pretty sure they were home for that game too, so I'm sure like it was a great atmosphere. You know, a huge win, beating a t- uh, top fifteen team, but. Penn State, wow. Like, you talk about shooting yourself in the foot this season. I mean, just that comeback loss, that loss they had against Iowa where they were up two scores, and now you lose to Illinois. I I mean, your season's done. Your season's canned. But, I mean, that that's just tough to see and tough for them to go out. Um, They were actually home for that game, Penn State was. and so that's, just, that's a horrible home loss. Terrible. And to be completely honest, like let's not act like a lot of the blame for these losses has to isn't on the coaching staff. Um, Iowa, I can at least see because your quarterback was hurt for I, was it the entire second half, majority of this, maybe just the fourth quarter. I think it was. Yeah. Um. But still, that your defense has played so well the past two weeks. And Illinois was able to run the ball. I understand that. But let's not act like Illinois was able to score a ton of points here. Um, I I just think it's really inexcusable. I mean, Illinois only had like 30 yards passing. (laughs) Because, like, dude, this Penn State even – Clifford is not a bad quarterback. I'm not going to come out here and say that he's, like, amazing or anything, but he's not bad. I mean, there are plenty of teams, I think, right now in college football that would really die for – a quarterback at least of his caliber. Um yeah. Jahan Dotson is an absolute stud, their receiver. I I really like him as a draft prospect. I think that he's gonna go within the top three rounds at least. Um but dude, you, you can't you can't just get a couple of touchdowns against Illinois. And not only that, you can't just get one two point conversion in the first nine two point conversions to like actually put one in to beat this team from the three yard line. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Nebraska had more success on offense week one than you did. Yeah, like it really did. And your offense is miles more talented than Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's got a couple of good players, but come on. Yeah, literally, their quarterback the entire game had 38 yards passing. 38 yeah, yards. It, it was crazy. He was like 5 for 13. <laughs> it was something like along those lines. Um, yeah, just no excuse for losing this game. Really, really no excuse. Penn State's execution was sloppy, so you can put that on the players. But at the end of the day, I have failed two weeks in a row to see a, a team scheme up some points for your offense that just needs yeah. a little bit of a spark. And to me, you've just been completely misusing and and Jahan Dotson is just not a factor. You, you know, you go back to the Iowa game, there was like, two picks that they threw throwing it into double coverage and you could, I mean, it was a shot play, you know, double moves and stuff and, and to a certain extent, it's just a failure to use your good players and a failure to scheme up points. And I, I do not feel bad for this team. I think oh, the coaches shot themselves in the foot, not the players. Yeah. I, I, I think Illinois just, you know, their coaching staff out coached Penn state. I think Penn state kind of went in there in noon game. Thinking, oh, we're playing Illinois bounce back game, and came in underprepared, you know, and then ultimately lost a, a grueling game at the end because, you know, like once that game turned off, you you the other game comes on, that game's in halftime. <laughs> Penn State's a fraud team. Yeah, 
I, I don't want to put it like that, though, because to be completely honest, I still think that Penn State, now they're playing Ohio State this week, right? And that's like a 20-point spread. Um, we're going to talk touch on Ohio State. We're going to touch on them next. But Penn State against these Michigans and, and Michigan States is like, I, I really don't think that they're far behind, if behind at all of those teams. And it's just a shame because they, they have two losses and, and they're like annoying losses. If they win those two games that they, they should have won, to be completely honest, both of them. They'd be in the top four. Yeah, they'd be a top four team and the outlook would be completely different. Um, okay, let's get into Ohio State. They destroyed someone. Who did they play? Indiana. Um, oh, yeah, that was just bloodbath. Yeah, so Ohio State's been on a roll, kind of going under the radar to a certain extent, just because, like, okay, they had that loss to Oregon. It seems like because you lose a game like that when you're Ohio State, where you're just expected to win everything until you play one of those, like, really top, top teams in the nation. Not saying that. Oregon isn't, but I'm talking one of those top fours, right? They're expected to just be undefeated until the college football playoff. They've kind of been in a role, and C.J. Stroud is playing really well. Um, I mean, they're not really playing great competition, but their defense is not letting up a ton of points at least. Are they being slept on in terms of the top teams, in your opinion, or do you think – it's just kind of been smooth sailing for now. Let's see what happens when they play someone really legit. I think they are being slept on because at the end of the day, you know they're going to put up points. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, when their defense just couldn't stop the run. They had that loss to Oregon. You look at it and you're like, you can't really say it's bad loss because Oregon at the time was like looking like to be that top 10 team or whatever. And they're still ranked team. So, and they only lost by a touchdown. I think Ohio State's definitely being slept on because, like, all they needed was that little switch to figure out this defense. And once you figure out the defense, I mean, you know this offense is going to put up points. So I, I still like them as the favor in this Big 12. And, you know, they went out and they play in a dominant fashion, then the, they'll be in the top four 100%. Yeah, I know a lot of people early in the season when Ohio State was struggling more – struggling more you know they just lost one game basically and it wasn't a super they lost not lost they won against Tulsa 41 to 20 so that's not the best win for against a team like Tulsa you know you're expecting another like 50 to 7 kind of a game yeah but CJ Stroud has actually has been really good and I think that he's a guy that has been hated on a little bit too much at the time that they lost to Oregon and even now like this offense has been moving the ball and putting up points still yeah, um, maybe you would have liked to see a better performance against Oregon, but it's not act like that. That Oregon defense isn't really sick. I don't think they had Thibodeau though, which is yeah, they didn't have him. I so I think that that's the major yikes from that game is that Oregon without easily their best defensive player and probably the best defensive player in college football, not able to have that stud stud offensive performance. But I think that they've they've kind of turned that page. You know, that was an early season game. And, dude, watch out for Ohio State because they're, they're coming. And they got those two big games at the end of the season against Michigan State at home and then at Michigan, which is going to be a great game, it's looking like. They win those games. I really don't think you have an argument to keep them out of the top four with the way that they've yeah. been playing. Yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be really tough. You would need, like, some, you know, these teams that are undefeated right now to stay undefeated. 
Um, so, yeah, speaking of an undefeated team that had a little bit of a scare, Cincinnati against Navy, they only won 27 to 20. Navy was really in that game. Now, Navy's been doing that the past couple of weeks. Navy is complete, like they, they were a team that started off the season terribly and have been. Now, I don't think they've necessarily been winning games, but they've been giving teams a lot of fits. Um, yeah. I know that they're a team that runs that that triple option kind of crap. Um, yeah. Just ridiculous offense. Um, are you losing any confidence in Cincinnati in terms of just as a team being in the top four and in the college football playoff when, when push comes to shove, especially when you're looking at it like, I don't think you can pick them over Alabama. I'm not sure if, if Ohio State wins out, you can pick them over him. Georgia, like, Mm-hmm. Any scares for Cincinnati here because of of a performance like this and the potential that they don't get in come come the end of it? No, I'm not scared. Again, like Navy is one and six, but it, Navy's a weird team when you play them, right? Because like you don't see the triple option every time. You don't every day, and so like if you're not accustomed to it, it takes a lot to like really game plan and figure it out, figure out around it. And also, like you got this was twenty seven ten going in the fourth quarter. They let Navy kind of slip back in a little bit. That doesn't really worry about me. You can have the garbage time. I still think Cincinnati is a talented team on the paper and on the field. I mean, I I like Ritter. I think he's a a great quarterback, and I still like their defense a lot. It when you're these top teams, especially like a team like Cincinnati or whatever, you're gonna have like some weeks where you have a scare. And this could, that was, I saw like with the triple option and Navy being a scare because they play, they play opponents tough. They always do for some reason. Just to come away out of there, get the win, move on to the next one. Because you know your big matchup left is SMU. That's mm-hmm. the one you have to win, you know, or you make a statement win, win by two yeah. scores or some something esque of that. So this, it, it I, do I lose any confidence? No, not one bit. I, I, we know who Cincinnati is, and just like one close game is not going to brush me off of them. Good teams win ugly games. They for sure deserve it. Um, yes and no. I, I think the problem with that is that that line of thinking is like, okay, good teams win bad games, but also good teams beat good teams. And when push comes to shove, when you're looking at resumes. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Bama, and Georgia. Assuming, let's just assume that Bama goes on to win the SEC championship. So Georgia has one loss to Bama, and then Bama has that one unfortunate loss to Texas A&M. Oklahoma goes undefeated. Ohio State goes from here on out undefeated with one loss. If that scenario happens, are you not saying the top four is, is Georgia, Bama, Oklahoma, Ohio State? Is Cincinnati in in that scenario? I think that I, I still would put Cincinnati over a team like Oklahoma. I, like even like if they're both undefeated. I I'm I'm sorry to say, but I think Ohio State's out. Hmm. I think that yeah, that would be the team that's. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting because now we're like that. I I don't know who really yeah. deserves it. I think you're right though, in that. Maybe one of the one loss teams just has to has to say sorry, you're done. Yeah, that's what it would be. Like there's no way they're gonna put three one loss teams in the final four if Cincinnati's, you know, 
sitting there twelve and zero. Um, I mean, they're all yeah. I mean, Michigan would be a one loss team. I mean, Oregon. Let's say that they just go on out here to win the Pac twelve. Michigan State. That'd be a one loss team. I think all those Big Ten teams would be kind of fucked if if they all have one loss. Yeah, and plus, like those losses would come to probably Ohio State, right? Yeah, that, that's I mean, what you're saying. Michigan, Michigan State this week. I mean, one of those teams got to lose. So, all right, but let's let's move on though. Wisconsin beats Purdue thirty to thirteen. Wisconsin finally starting to figure it out. They have back to back wins. I'm pretty sure here. Any anything that you found interesting from this game? Nothing. I mean, it, it it seems that Wisconsin, you know, is playing like the team we thought they would be like all season because we know their defense is good. And we just we need to get the offense going, right? Seems like maybe they're making that kind of hayway. Purdue, it, you know, coming off a big win against Iowa, you know, it, it's just. This is what I feel like Purdue always does. They'll have one big win, and then once they're thrown into the ringer again, they just can't compete. Because I don't think Purdue's all that great. Um, but because, like, Wisconsin's a better team. Like, Wisconsin, I think, is better than Iowa. You know, it just depends. Like, are, are you going to score points? Well, you want to know what's really like interesting it. about Wisconsin right now is, A, they're playing Iowa, Wisconsin's home, which is massive. And... The other thing is that they're sitting right now third in the in the Big Ten West, a game down from Iowa and Minnesota. Both they have yet to play. They oh, just yeah, beat Purdue, yeah. who's above him, who was just above them. Like Wisconsin season is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. no, if they run the table right here, they'll be in the New Year Six. I mean. Their offense still has such major question marks, but I guess it was nice to see them finally put up 30 points for the first time this season since against Eastern Michigan. But, like, it's Eastern Michigan. I mean, they they had a close game against Army, 20-14. to I don't know. I I still don't believe in Wisconsin, but they're starting to find some sort of groove at least. Yeah, no, I I think that's a big confidence builder because that's just a really good win, especially coming into Iowa. Just thinking, you know, we just destroyed the team that beat Iowa. So, like, mm-hmm. they got to feel good where they're sitting at right now. Because, like, right, they, they do control their own phase. If they beat Iowa and they beat Minnesota, then they're, pro- they're more likely going to be playing that Big 12 championship, Big 10 championship. Well, the interesting thing, too, with that Iowa game is that these teams are really similar, right? Like, two teams yeah, that they are. Iowa has kind of struggled to move the ball, especially recently, but their defense had just created so many points. Um, Wisconsin, another similar team, right? A, a team that with a good defense, a pretty damn good secondary. Um, they're well-coached. They got, um, oh, who's their, who's their, their DC? Might be the head coach. He was, um... Safety for the Jets. What's his name? I'm pretty sure he's a safety for the Jets. I can't remember his name. Um, dang, but he's great. That that defense is really fun to watch. So, going to be interesting to see. Because I took Wisconsin to win the Big Ten at, like, plus something pretty high. Still yeah. in there from the beginning of the season. Still alive. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, I mean, like, where their season started to where it is now. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so let's get into the Pac-12. Speaking of the Pac-12, because we, we mentioned them earlier. Oregon with a massive win over UCLA, 34-31. to UCLA was starting to come back there at the end. They were starting to get momentum, but they couldn't just end up winning the game. This is a huge win for Oregon because now in the in the north, it's Oregon and then Oregon State who beat Utah this week, 42 to 34. Another massive win for that program. They're the two teams at the top of the north. The Oregon just having a good year, apparently. Um, yeah. So they kind of like both of those teams are playing well. And those are really the only two teams in the north that seem to have a shot. And then the South, it's a absolute shit show. But let's start off with the North and Oregon and Oregon State. Is Oregon just going to kind of clean on through here to the Pac-12 championship, in your opinion? No, no, no. I Not if they still have to play Oregon State. And I'm pretty sure they play last week of the season. That might, you know, they'll more likely decide who wins the Pac-12 North, which would be a great game. But no, I... You know, I'm still not a buyer in Oregon. Like, are they good? Yes. Is beating UCLA on the road good? Yeah, it is because UCLA is a good team. But again, I, I just not really sold on them. I'm more, I'm more impressed with the Oregon State win against Utah because Utah had been playing really, really good ball, and Oregon State going in there and scoring 42 points. I think that's a great testament to this team, especially this team. If you look at them two years ago, was in the cellar. I think they're kind of they got more momentum heading in. Well, yeah, we mentioned him in an earlier podcast, but their quarterback Chance Nolan is a guy that's been playing really well. Now his stats won't wow you in that game against Utah. He was fourteen for nineteen, two hundred eight yards and two touchdowns. But he's a guy that, according to the coach, right? He had an interview with I forget who it was. But he was saying basically that Chance Nolan is a dude that's just super comfortable in the system right now. Um, and on the back of their Oregon State's usually a pretty good running football team. On the back of that, this offense is making plays and they're just doing exactly what they need to do to win. They had an annoying loss against Washington State a, a couple weeks ago. It was either two or three yeah. weeks ago. But well, other than just, that, this team has kind of been pretty damn good. They haven't beat Washington State in so long. It's been like seven or eight years, I'm pretty sure. I think that's just one of those schools that just own them, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's an annoying loss. But, I mean, once they got that monkey off their bat, that knowing they don't have to play uh, Washington State, they can play up to, you know, anybody else in the Pac-12. I don't know. I still think that Oregon's just going to kind of breeze through here. I think that Oregon State is going to have another annoying loss, like another Washington State kind of a loss. And um, and Oregon's just going to be a little bit too talented, even though I don't really believe in Oregon as, as one of the top teams. And I don't necessarily think that they – I just don't like their offense. I don't think that their offense is consistent. I think they are, are really well coached, especially their offensive line, which gives them a huge advantage. But just in terms yeah. of talent, I don't think that they're up there with Arizona State and even UCLA. Mm, yeah, even though they just beat UCLA. Yeah, they, they beat UCLA, don't get me wrong, but it's not. let's not act like that at the end of the game, UCLA had a lot of momentum and could have easily won that game. Yeah. And Anthony Brown, you know, he had a, one of those, he had a really costly interception at the end of the game that he's kind of lucky that they didn't get punished for. I think he had two interceptions in the game. Um, yeah, they, they played well. Thibodeau's a freaking monster. That oh, guy is just a game wrecker. 
he went crazy. You know, Troy, uh, not not Troy Die. Um, their, their running back Die, whatever his name is, he had like a ton of touchdowns. That guy was going crazy. Um, not not necessarily in terms of yards, but just the guy was just getting in the freaking end zone. <laughs> Give him the ball, and he was scoring. So, I, I just don't think they're legit. We can move on to the South here. Do we have any of the the South games on our on our sheet here? Because I think it was kind of a boring week for them. But yeah. regardless, we've got in first place right now, Arizona State, second place, Utah, and then in third place, UCLA. The other three teams, USC, Colorado, Arizona, all seemingly pretty out of it right now. Arizona State, you know, they lost to Utah two weeks ago, and that loss looked like it was like, dude, that's Utah is going to take this momentum and start rolling with it, right? And then and potentially win it. Utah just one week later loses, shoots himself in the foot. UCLA in a huge game against Oregon lost. So it's like, what the hell is going to happen here? Yeah, it's it's up in the air for real. I I mean that's just the Pac-12 for you, right? It, it seems like every other every week someone's going to be there's an upset on someone. Like you're not safe. There's it's not like in the SEC where you know Georgia and Bama are going to win pretty much every week. Um, I, I like it more this way, though. You know, like more even teams. You want to hear something funny? Every single team in the Pac-12 South has lost their last game. With okay. USC and Arizona losing. Well, USC lost their last two. Arizona hasn't won. But every single team, when this conf- when this division in the conference is wide open, loses. <laughs> uh, that's just Pac-12, bro. I love this, dude. I love this. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. For some reason, I seem to be like the biggest Pac-12 fan in the world. I I mean, we were both pretty excited for this conference to unfold this season. And I mean, it really hasn't disappointed. Oh, no. I mean, there's no clear-cut winner, right? I still think any of these teams, the top teams, can beat anyone on any given day in the Pac-12, at least. Yeah. Okay, so Ole Miss beats LSU 31-17. That game was a little bit closer on the final score than it actually was. LSU got off to an early 7-0 lead, and then it was all Ole Miss from there. Um, any any surprises for you here? And any Anything of note? Not really. I bad, Not a bad loss to LSU because Ole Miss is good, but, like, gave up a huge lead, right? Like, you just... I, LSU's is not good, and th- this is why I think like we gave up a huge lead. I mean, the seven nothing. <laughs> oh, I thought you said seventeen nothing. No, no, no. They were only up seven nothing, and then it was all, all Ole uh, Miss from there. Well, I you know like LSU. I mean, holding Ole Miss to only thirty one points, I think is a winnable game, especially when you're playing Ole Miss. Whose defense is not extraordinary right Mm -hmm. so for you to only put up 17 points and 10 points after that you know early lead i it just shows you that you know their offense is just not doing doing nothing i like their offense is not all that great um yeah i'm still shocked that they were able to beat florida two weeks ago their running back just went crazy and yeah he just i mean Ole miss just kind of shut him down in all facets to a certain extent. Right after that first drive, it was just all Ole Miss. Yeah, maybe um, Ole Miss defense is fine, you know, figuring stuff out now, though. Because yeah. After Arkansas, they've had some decent games, you know. Like, 
Tennessee has been scoring points galore. They only they held them to twenty six, you know. So mm-hmm. maybe they're maybe they're turning the page. Well, the thing too, at least you know, I was saying this after that Arkansas game was that you know, Ole Miss offense was just on a roll executing well. Arkansas was making a lot of plays, right? Traylon Burks had like a couple of mosses in their quarterback was just escaping the pocket and making plays. Like, dude, sometimes, especially, you know, in the SEC, when you're playing a team like an Arkansas this year that has a lot of talent and a lot of veteran talent on that offense, and they're just like, you know, they were hot. They were a trending up team. Dude, you have these games where guys make plays, I mean, yeah. it's the SEC. This is the best conference in football. Sometimes you're playing up against a team, and they make some plays, and they make shit happen. Um, so, I, I'm yeah, I think you're right there. This defense is looking a lot better, and I'm not going to hold one game completely against him. Um, on the other side, the only other really interesting game for me in the SEC was Alabama beats Tennessee 52-24. to I actually thought this was a really good showing from Tennessee. The game was a lot closer than the scoreline would indicate. It was 24-17 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. This is a team that I was really high on um, after watching a couple of their games in the beginning of the season and seeing their offense and and some of the scheme with the new coaching staff they have in there. I think this is really encouraging from Tennessee. Um, They had a a close loss against – who was it? It was Ole Miss two weeks ago, right? Yeah. um, And then – I'm going to consider this a close loss, even though it's a 52-24 game. I, yeah, that might be a, me being a little bit biased, but when you're going in 24-17 against Bama and going toe-to-toe with them for three quarters, I think that's really encouraging in general. Um, and, and, I mean, Bama just wins. To me, like, SEC is just kind of set in stone from here on out like there's really not oh, yeah. any shocks unless bama loses again you know and a&m keeps winning and a&m like a&m's playing a lot better after that bama game but again a&m's already lost to mississippi state and uh, the question is Arkansas. to who are like dude there's no i really doubt that auburn takes out bama even though the, alabama's on the road like dude i do not see bo Nix going in there and winning that game it'd be tough be really tough and LSU right now is trash. I mean LSU is going to lose by 40. And then Arkansas, I feel like it might be a similar story to the Georgia game where it's like dude, you're playing one of these sick teams on the road. Like it's just a like Alabama's yeah, not losing at home to Arkansas. Yeah, I I mean like I think it's pretty much set in stone. I you're not going to get a Bama team that loses two regular season games, right? I last time that happened was when did that happen? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> trivia question. I mean, like 2010, maybe. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. I I think that's the last. Or did they lose two losses when two that year two got hurt? Mac Jones played Michigan the Outback Bowl. I, I can't remember. Yeah, but is that was that regular season? Did they have two regular season losses? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Right. They lost LSU. Did they lose to Auburn that year? They might have lost to Auburn that year. What season was this? Was it 2018? 2019? 2019? Hold on, let me look this up. The year LSU won the... Yeah, they lost to Auburn, I think. Hmm. 
but you got to remember like Derek Brown was on that Auburn team, like Marlon Davidson, like some high draft yeah, you're right. mm-hmm. picks on that D line was really good. Cause remember Auburn that year gave LSU their biggest scare. Auburn's the one that played them tough. Yeah. You're, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And if Bo Nix wasn't, I'm not going to trash Bo Nix anymore, but if Bo Nix was a better quarterback, they win that game. Yeah. So Is that, yeah, you're right. Like LSU's offense. I remember we were watching that together. They were not able to move the football consistently at all. No, they they were in shambles that game, but you know ultimately they won. But um, yeah, so that'd be the last time they lost two in a row. But see, like I, when I watch a team like Auburn, I don't see like that same talent like that they did that year. So like, no I, I shot, even, no shot. I know that you know Tennessee played three quarters up to par with them, but at the end of the day, I just don't see how Bama loses another game until like maybe the SEC championship. I mean, I kind of skipped this part for you, but like any, 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 any thoughts on Tennessee moving forward? I I think it, again, I agree. It's really encouraging. You know, you, you've, they played well and you know, the, you beat LSU this year, right? Or Florida. No, uh, they got their shit kicked in by Florida, but they, they played close against Ole Miss. Um, I mean, they've played well a couple games. They had one good win. I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember off the top of my head now. I'm still yeah. thinking about that Alabama season. But regardless, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Tennessee. Uh, I mean, they kicked the crap out of us, South Carolina. Like, they destroyed us. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean we're everyone has kind of destroyed us to a certain extent, except for Vandy. <laughs> they almost beat us. But for their standards, that was a great game for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's let's just finish this up. Uh, did we talk about Pittsburgh Clemson yet? Actually, no, we didn't. Um, okay, well, Pittsburgh beat Clemson. We kind of alluded to it in the beginning. Right now, it seems like that's the ACC is uh, is Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, because no, NC State lost to Miami, which is a really rough loss for that team, really sets them back. Pittsburgh is legit. Well, like, out of all the ACC teams, I think Pittsburgh is the one that's going to be, like, the, the one that wants it the most, you know? Because, like, Wake Forest obviously wants it, too, and they're undefeated. But, again, they're a question mark at, at undefeated. When I watch Pittsburgh, even though they have that one loss, they just look like more of a complete team because they play great both sides of the ball. And, plus, you know, Pickett's a good quarterback. I they just they kind of just own Clemson in that game. Oh yeah, I I think that the game was like the twenty seven seventeen looks a little bit closer than the game actually was. That game was not close. Pittsburgh owned them from start to finish. Dude, Pittsburgh has been on a freaking roll. Yeah, they, they lose to they lose one game to Western Michigan, which just kind of looks like a trap game. Um. I mean, they beat a Tennessee team close, but we we both like Tennessee and think that they're legit. They've just been rolling these these ACC teams. And that Tennessee game was away too for Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, you got over a hundred thousand fans in there. So, I again, I, I think they're just like you said, they're on a great roll right now. They're playing probably with a lot of confidence. I, they're my favorite to win the ACC, and they're probably the favorite. They have the best odds right now. Even. Yeah, last thing about them is that I think that they're just a team that's 
really built well, right? They have a really solid defensive line that get consistently can pressure quarterbacks. And then they have a quarterback, right? Right now, Kenny Pickett would probably be a top five quarterback if you were to do like a college football fantasy draft yeah. or, or something. Like he's one of the top picks. This dude's legit. And I think he's easily the best in, in that conference and one of the best in all of college football. So good for them. They got a really good chance of winning the the ACC this year. Um, okay, last game I wanted to talk about in college football, Fresno State beat Nevada 34-32. to 32. I just wanted to mention it because it was a really fun football game. Carson Strong and Jake Hayner going at it. Um, two potential draft prospects the, themselves. Like, I thought it was just a really fun football game. Carson Strong almost had 500 yards. Um, Hayner, yeah, I just really like watching Hay- the way that Hayner plays. Um, that was a fun football game. Yeah, that was good. I I'm saying last week, I thought these two teams are very identical and similar, right? Just both have great quarterbacks. They play kind of like the same kind of game to a certain extent. So that, at the end of the day, that's what you got. I think they were two even teams, and Fresno just eventually came up on top. Fresno was home, right? So, like, there you go. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah, Nevada was trying to come back at the end and, and win it, but they were unable to. And, dude, Carson Strong had some sick throws on that drive, too, unfortunately. Um, okay, let's go to the NFL, though. Let's start off. Giants destroy the Panthers 25-3. to I don't think anyone saw this coming. Nope. Um. Dude, I I sent out a tweet. I was like, the funny thing about the whole Sam Darnold thing is that nobody is surprised that this is not working. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, if you go on Twitter, you'll find every possible take in existence. You know, you have some guys that like this player, some guys that think, oh, this team's great, this team sucks, whatever. But everyone is collectively like, yeah, that was terrible. The whole the Sam Darnold maneuver um, I guess, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't kill you because it's a second-round pick. But, man, this Panthers team, the way that they started, the amount of talent they have on their roster, and with how well this defense has been playing, really no excuse for the way that Sam Darnold's been playing and the outlook of some of these past couple of games. Makes you wonder, if you, should you just kept Teddy Bridgewater? Because I yeah. think you're definitely, like, more function functional offense because like their offense was better last year right and like their defense was coming up so yeah i think like what they were trying to do right here with sam Darnold was like okay we know he has this great talent we put him in our system we think we could get a steal for a second round pick listen sometimes you're wrong all right sam Darnold's not good he was he the problem for the Jets, not totally, but he's just kind of proven that maybe he's not cut out for this league. You know, I, right now, if I'm Carolina, I think I'd rather spend a second round pick on getting Mitchell Trubisky than Sam Darnold. Yeah, that, that's the thing that I find funny, right? Is that that Mitchell Trubisky, I, I'm not a Mitchell Trubisky fan necessarily, right? Coming out of the draft, I did not like Mitchell Trubisky. For a large part of his career, I thought he was overrated. But watching him play at the end of last year, and and I look back at his stats, and they're not as great as I thought they were. Um, And they had some easy matchups, so I will say that. But the dude was playing really well, and very encouraging signs from him. And looking at some of the quarterback play from some teams in the league right now, dude, if I'm Mitchell Trubisky, I am like, dude, hell yeah. 
Yeah. Hell it's, yeah. It's, Dude, my market like went. And with how much slander and how much some of these 2022 quarterbacks, how poorly they've been playing, it's like, dude, I might be fucking in here for a starting job in one season, one quick turnaround, right? Yeah, 100%. I I think he's definitely in play, too. And especially now that you look at, you know, Fields and Nagy in Chicago, I think that offense is abysmal, right? Oh, terrible. But now nobody's going to blame Fields. Everybody's going to blame Nagy. It wasn't the same whenever the offense was poorly with Trubisky. And I, I think, like, you got to take that into account for Trubisky, too, when he was playing Chicago. Maybe Nagy was just, you know, like, he sucks, you know? He's just – he can't generate offense. And Trubisky, like, even though he wasn't perfect or whatever, and he's not perfect, kind of fell, you know, apart in that, took a bunch of heat. But saying that, I think, like – the Panthers would definitely rather have Trubisky and Sam Darnold. I, like Sam Darnold, this Panthers team after a three and zero start, even when they started three and zero, you could kind of see their offense just wasn't like really getting it. But they made they did enough. I uh, I think you know you had you tried the Sam Darnold experiment, but you got to get out after this year. You got to get out. Yeah, I think they're on the books though. My major problem with Darnold, we actually have a film analysis on the channel uh, that I did on Sam Darnold. And my, my my overall takeaway was like, I mean, you see the talent, right? And you still do. It's not like he hasn't had good plays for the Panthers. He doesn't make a couple of really good throws. Yeah. But he just hasn't improved on his weaknesses a ton since coming into the league. His weaknesses are still major weaknesses. And you just have seen so little improvement in some areas of his game. And I think that that's one of the major things holding him back. And now without Christian McCaffrey, he's kind of getting exposed and the offense isn't doing great. Um, And then kind of on to Trubisky and what you were saying with Matt Nagy, we can talk about the the Panthers, not the Panthers, the bears next. They lost. What was the scoreline? Was it 38 to three? They got smacked. Oh yeah. It was a beat down. Uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I have it written as Browns. Yeah, okay. It's the um the Bears. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks destroyed them 38 to 3. It wasn't even a football game from like the the first snap. Khalil Herbert had like one good run. And other than that, all Bucks. Entire game. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I do want to touch on on Nagy and Trubisky and whatnot because uh, yeah, I think that Trubisky could be a starter in the league right now. And no, I do not think that Maggie, Matt Nagy is a great coach in the league right now, and he's not necessarily doing Justin Fields and that offense a ton of favors. But A, Mitchell Trubisky is not insane, and he's not going to—he's not the kind of quarterback that's going to make up for Nagy's flaws yes. and his weaknesses. And let's not act like Nagy didn't do some good things with Mitchell Trubisky in the offense. And on the other hand, it's like, let's not act like that this offense in terms of just talent and and for like up front and at the quarterback position isn't great for this year justin fields i didn't think was ready to play and i'm really shocked that he's playing over andy dalton still yeah um i, I don't understand that at all and they're just getting rocked for it their offensive line is a mess they lost both of their tackles uh before the season one of which charles leno like I'm pretty sure it was only like two weeks before the season started or something, or maybe it was right after the draft. They just cut him. And it just, 
didn't work out. And then the, the tackle that they drafted was hurt. It's just been a nightmare season. And do I think that Nagy should be canned? Yeah, I, I think that he deserves to be canned. But oh, I'm yeah. not going to act like that right. Nagy is all of the problems with the Bears right now. And that he's been this completely awful coach. My argument with Nagy has always been, I just don't think that this is the right guy to lead your team to being one of the tippy top teams in the league and leading you to Super Bowl in glory. But at yeah. the same time, let's not act like he hasn't done a decent job with what he's been dealt. And the fact that he made the playoffs last year, okay, a little bit of luck. And that he made the playoffs with a young Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah. They were good that year, too. I mean, they got carried by their defense that year. Pretty sure they went 12 and 4. But mm-hmm. again, I, yeah, he's done some good in Chicago, but it's getting to the point now, especially with Justin Fields, if that's going to be your franchise guy, you might want to try to find a new coach that can kind of, because I don't think Nagy's the guy to mentor and like, nurture a quarterback in a system like a McVeigh is, right? Or someone on that esque. Um, you saw it. I mean, they had to move on from Trubisky. Fields is off to a horrible start. I mean, how, how they he's even won a couple games, I, I have no idea how. Because I don't think I've ever – their scoreline's never been higher than 20 with them. So, I, I Chicago's in a world of hurt. And I think they just need to revamp that franchise and hit a little reset. Like, if that's going to be your guy, just start to rebuild next year and try to get some get some talent out there. I just kind of disagree with how this team's been operated. And it's not even necessarily some of the mood, like the the specific players that they picked, but you're right. Like they were super aggressive with Trubisky, right? They went up in the draft, gave up a ton of assets to go get their guy. And you put all your eggs in one basket and it didn't pan out, right? You look back and you're like, well, that was a terrible move. Especially Um, when Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are sitting there. Yeah, you know, you give up a ton of draft capital to pick up Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has been good, right? He's been a good addition. So I guess that's worked out. It it worked out in the sense that he's been a good player for him. But that trade, when when you make a trade that big to me, that's telling you you're all in, right? that you think your window to win the Super Bowl is now for a couple years. And, you know, the one really good year they had it where they were 12-4 and and had the double doink, you know, they actually had a legit shot maybe making a run that year if they get past that game. But after that, it's been, what have they been, a 7-9, 8-8 team, and they'll continue to be like playing like that now. I, I think they the aggressive moves they made, I agree with them in the time because – you know, they thought they were there. You miss your shot. You try to, like, restart it now and revamp it with a new quarterback and get him in. Thought he was ready. He's not ready. You, you signed Dalton to play. But I think that's Chicago fan base or someone from the front office saying, you got to play Fields. Fields ain't ready. I, I feel bad for him just getting rushed into the fire like this because, like, it's just not looking good. And that can destroy your confidence. So I think that 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 was a good move, though, Um, looking at it, because I actually like, you know, we did a segment a while ago about the Stafford trade. And I actually agree that I would trade multiple first round picks if I think that they're going to be late. And they were Um, there were picks 
24 and 19, a, a sixth, a third in 2020, which ended up being Brian Edwards. And they got Khalil Mack in a second. I actually think that they really won that trade. And no, that was I a fantastic it. deal. Um, so, like, I, I like the aggressiveness on that front. So, like, okay, one good move, one bad move. Then they did the trade-ups this year, right, where they trade up for Justin Fields, and then they trade up for, um, I can't remember, Tevin Jenkins. There, there's the, kid, the, yeah. the, the offensive tackle out of the Oklahoma Tevin State. Jenkins one was a little, I think that one was a little overdone, especially because he got hurt, right? So, like, he might be, he very may well be a beast. But, again, like, coming out, like, we, we know he has the capability of being good, but there's some question marks beside him. And now that he's hurt, it, you know, he can't answer those question marks. And now we're wondering, you know, like, is he going to have the injury factor in his career? Cause he hasn't even played it down yet. The trading up for Fields, no problem with that. Honestly, like if you need a quarterback and if Fields is a great talent, if you think you can you, you mold him into someone you think that will be a lead at the next level, then yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. But again, I don't understand the Tevin Jenkins one. I think you could have, you know, sat back, kept your picks, and tried to fill out the depth chart because I think that's really. Yeah, there's you- my problem is that, like, with the Khalil Mack trade, it's like okay, we're getting a guy that we know is good, and I, I you know, I liked the trade for Stafford, and I used, you know, the which call it trade the um, Jalen Ramsey trade. Like that's a good move, and then you're gonna say, oh, well, what about the Jamal Adams trade? I mean, I think that people overhype how bad that trade has actually been for seattle obviously it's not a great move and i'm not sure i would give up two firsts for a damn safety like at least these teams are getting a quarterback and edge rusher on a corner like yeah outside offensive tackle like those are the most important positions in football i'm actually not sure offensive tackle is as important as it used to be um with how mobile the quarterbacks are becoming but I like that move. My problem is you putting all your eggs in the basket in the draft where I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that I want more draft picks. I don't want less draft picks, especially when your team in talent has been trending down every single year in talent. Um, and it's funny because they, they, they've had decent draft success. They've had a lot of good picks. Um, last year, they, they had a, a pretty damn good draft. They took that corner, Jalen Johnson, who I liked at a, at a Utah he was a really good player, one of my favorite picks in that draft. They um they drafted a guy like Mooney in the fifth or the sixth round. They got a really nice little value pickup. And they've had plenty of pretty damn decent draft picks, like Cole Komet. He's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, right? Yeah. But just in general, you, you put your eggs in one basket so many times and gave up so much draft capital for guys that haven't revolutionized your franchise outside of Khalil Mack. That's where I disagree with it. I I think that that needs to stop. I would much rather be a team like the Vikings where my general manager is going from, you know, trading down, still getting a guy that we were looking at, at, at the pick that we traded down from and just being tactical about where you're selecting in the draft. He's like, Hey, we liked a whole lot of guys in the third round. So you want to know what we did? We got like four fucking third round picks. And that's a team that could have easily completely lost out on all of their talent, right? The Vikings were a team that's like, you think about where they where they were at four years ago, and, you, and a lot of the talent is completely different on their roster, right? They've completely turned over a new leaf with, with some of the players that they have. 
and they haven't had to go through that rebuilding phase that so many other teams have. Yeah. Um, especially with that kind of turnover. So I want that if I'm the Bears. We need to to add a lot of players and a lot of talented players. We got to stop just going all in when especially when it's not for these stud stud players. You're going to say, "Oh, well Justin Fields is a stud 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 prospect." Dude, I'm sorry. I I just I didn't think it it could still work out. I just hate giving up so much value time and time and time again and having it not work out. Especially like when you look at the Patriots who just we're able to sit there and pick up Mac Jones at 15. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know that, that that's just one man's opinion. All right, let's move on though. Let's move on. Falcons. Let's hit your Falcons. <laughs> you guys won and you guys won coming back in after a deficit in the fourth quarter. It started looking a little dicey because you gave up the lead and you're like, Oh, classic Falcons lose yeah. it. I was happy because I took the Dolphins' money line, but nope, Matty Ice and Kyle Pitts, dude. Kyle Pitts had a crazy game, goes down the length of the field. Arthur Smith figured out that you're actually able to run the clock out when you have a lead with the running attack, yeah. kick a game-winning field goal, and they win the game. Yeah, that that was a good game. Uh, that reminded me of, because, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, he got his nickname for all the fourth-quarter comebacks, and, you know, that was a... I was like a like looking back in the rearview mirror. It was it was nice to see. You know, you give up the lead, then Matt, you want the ball last, and Matt Ryan goes down there and drives it, and then you kick the game winning field goal. Um, on top of that, it's crazy now because Kyle Pitts' last two games he's played, I mean, tremendous. I mm-hmm. <laughs> like a beast, right? Like it looks the is that Julio or is that Kyle Pitts out there? Kind of, but. Uh, he's really picking up the slack too, because like Calvin's not been good this season. I, I don't understand what's wrong with him, but um, I, I I really like what I'm seeing out of Calvin. I mean Pitts. Yeah, well, well not- Arthur Smith is getting these guys going. Started off zero and three. Wait, have you won three straight since? We started off zero and two. Zero and two. I mean, if we don't blow that lead against the football team, we'd be sitting there, what, four and two right now? But three and three, that is a lot better than I expected coming into the season. Yeah, but I mean, you guys see Arthur Smith, I think he's picking it up pretty quick. You know, you you get blown out week one by the Eagles, who are not a good team. But, uh, and then you get blown out against the Bucs. The Bucs are a good team. Mm -hmm. But these last few weeks, you're playing good ball. You you beat the Giants and they just, boring game you lose the football team that was a tough one that was a let go but you control the game against the jets and then you come back and win against miami you you're beating teams you should beat you know and the talent on this roster is not there you can kind of see it but again some of the talent's still there because like Deion jones he won the nfc defensive player of the week last week had a really good week so i and now you got to play you got a big game against panthers because if you beat the panthers then you got to play the Saints. You beat those two teams, you're right there in the driver's seat and second in the division and could be looking for a wild card spot. I, you know, I'm just happy for the Falcons, right? Everyone was giving up on, on Matt Ryan. Everyone was giving up, kind of including you, on, on, on good old fake Nicolas Cage, fat Nicolas Cage, Arthur Smith. Come on. After week one, you were pissed. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, I was pissed. 
But the thing is, we're I pissed. He was pissed, but he's not the one. <laughs> He's not the type of guy to clap you on the back and be like, well, guess what, guys? We might have lost 42 nothing, but we got brotherhood. None of that Dan Quinn bullshit. Yeah, so that's I- what we were referencing with the we're pissed, if you don't know. like, There's like uh-huh. a meme in the Falcons subreddit about every single press conference after the Falcons would like blow a big lead or just lose a very winnable game. <laughs> Dan Quinn was like, yeah, we're pissed. Like, <laughs> like no, no, duh. We're, we're all pissed. <laughs> we are all pissed. Oh, golly, DQ. But uh, yeah, I like. I think this team is turning a new leaf. And I do. I still think they'll make the playoffs. Probably not. You know, the, the talent level is just not there. But you know, right now I have a reason to wake up on Sunday and you know cheer on my team. Yeah, you're in it, and you got some guys playing well, right? Like, I mean, first off, Grady Jarrett is insane. Still, yeah. like, there needs. The Falcons need a primetime game where Grady Jarrett just goes bananas because he is, like, fucking insane. Like, okay, uh, people might scoff at this a little bit, but, like, everyone's all so in on, like, Aaron Donald and some of these other D-tackles. Like, dude, Grady Jarrett is... I'm not going to say he's at the Aaron Donald level, but if he's not, he's pretty fucking close. Like, you watch this guy. You watch some of the Falcons games back. And this dude is like a one-man wrecking crew. I don't yeah. know what the Falcons D-line would be without this guy, honestly. Well, that's how it's been for the past, like, couple, like, four or five years, right? He's the only one worth a damn. Um, even though Dante Fowler, though, has been playing pretty decent. Well, yeah, like, defensively, you're starting to get some guys to show up these past couple of weeks. Um, AJ, AJ Terrell. Terrell. Phenomenal season so far. Like everybody's talking about Trayvon Diggs, and I get it because like he's getting the pick sixes and picks and all that. I do. AJ's numbers are better. <laughs> they are though. Like he is just shutting down every receiver. So I I think they ask him to do a lot too. Yeah. So I think uh, you know you get another year. You know you get some draft. You get some more talent out there. You get rid of this cap hill you're in, and maybe you could turn it over because like. Again, Matt Ryan's proven people wrong. The dude still could play at an elite level. And you, now you're seeing the chemistry build with Kyle Pitts, which is huge. Like, dude, that that is, I, I mean, you saw it with Julio, right? Like, Kyle Pitts, that, that last drive of the game against Miami was really impressive. Oh, yeah. Like, four that, games but- into his career and from the tight end spot, because tight end's a tough position to play, like, you're doing that kind of stuff, lining them up out wide, coming in from the slot. Like, yeah. And now what's happened with Cordero Patterson, right? Because you got to give hats off to to Fat Nicholas Cage for that one because he's taken a guy that, I mean, people have tested their testament running back. It's had some success here, a little bit of success there. But now you're seeing like this combo of lining them up at receiver and then at running back and, you know, it creates an in- really interesting personnel groupings when you have him, Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and um, what's his name? Russell Gage all on the field. Like, yeah, and it's given teams a, a little bit of a little bit of problems here and they're starting to really do something. Yeah. I, what I will say one more thing on Arthur Smith is that, you know, you look at him. Look at him when he was OC of the Titans. right. Like nobody gave Tannehill a shot in hell. Right. But. I think what Arthur Smith might be really good at is find these diamonds in rough that do have talent, you know, and he can kind of like expose that talent. And like, it's like Tannehill takes off 
for Tennessee, right? Cordell Patterson has always been talented. He was a great kick returner, and he had some decent years for New England. But now you give him, like, a good role and, like, have the scheme around him, he takes off. So maybe he's just kind of like that He's he can figure out how to gadget some weapons in there with some talented players that don't get the respect. I mean, dude, if you look at Matt Ryan's stats after the first two weeks of the seasons, I mean, against the Giants, 250 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 75% completion percentage. Against Washington, almost 300 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 60% completion percentage. Against the Jets, 73% completion percentage, through almost 350 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Last game, 336 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 63% completion percentage. Like, this guy's going crazy. You know, he's having, yeah. he's playing really freaking well. And and everyone, all I see is all oh, the Falcons have to get rid of him. Oh, he's washed. Like, why would you want to get rid of that? Especially with the quarterback talent that's coming out. And the fact that, dude, what if the Falcons finish 8-8? Eight and eight, Or 8-9, and nine, I guess it would be. Um, and you're not picking high in the draft. Like, are you really just going to force a quarterback or force a trade-up? I don't know about that. You can't, it, especially like it looks now like the offensive line's kind of figuring stuff out too. Why can't this just be? You guys are around the wild card this year, and then next year's the year where it's like, okay, well, our young talent's getting even better. We keep a lot of the band together, and now you know another draft class in under Arthur Smith and in, in this new management. It's like, okay, holy, holy maybe maybe the Falcons are good. Like. <laughs> Well, that, that's my game plan around it. It's like, be competitive this season, you know, like, be in these games, win a couple of them, you know, and then next season, get a great draft class under your belt and then attack, you know? Like, if you end up being 7, 10, 8, 9, then you got something to build for next season. All right. Packers beat the Washington football team 24 to 10. Really no shockers here. I mean, the Washington football team offense is a fucking disaster, but it's kind of been that way for a while. This season, it seems like the defense is. I mean, they played well that last game. I'm not going to come out here and start bashing their their like. I know that they've been underperforming, but last game they played pretty well and were giving the Packers some issues. But offensively, just such a mess. Yeah, it's, the football team looks like they're kind of out. You know, you asked a couple weeks ago. I think like, are you worried about the football team? I was worried then. I'm definitely worried now. I they're just in a, it, even when Fitzmagic comes back, there's just kind of no saving at this point. Uh, their defense is just not at that same level as last season, and you know you really expected Antonio Gibson to take that elite next step. He's been kind of like he's been banged up. I understand that, but I, the running game is not theirs. Curtis Samuel hasn't been playing either, which is annoying. You know, he spent a yeah. lot of cash on him in free agency. That, yeah. This team also yeah. just needs a quarterback. I mean, that, that was the problem coming in. It's still the freaking problem. Like, I like Heineke. He's a decent backup, but... Football team would love Trubisky right now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably one of them. Uh, and, I mean, I think the biggest reason why underperforming like this is annoying is that, <laughs> this is going to be funny to say, dude, if Aaron Rodgers is leaving next season, this was one of my, like, one of, like, the three spots he could go to, to me. He's not leaving. Um. Well, if he did, right? I oh, mean, yeah, dude, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd fucking leave. Are you kidding me? I, I yeah. want I do the Peyton Manning parade. Are you kidding? Everyone would be like, oh, 
You know, because there's like nine teams that would want him. Like literally nine freaking teams would be like, yes, we will give every single dollar we have available for Aaron Rodgers. Dude, he'd be going out there like that would be the sickest offseason ever. You're just getting pampered by all these rich owners being like, dude, come here. We'll spend all of our draft picks to go all in for a couple of seasons. We'll give you all the cash in our pocketbook. Like everything is yours. Yeah. I don't know though. Like he he seems like things are kind of turning around for him in Green Bay. I don't know. I I still think he's leaving. Bengals destroy the Ravens. Um, listen, I gotta give the Bengals fans. I gotta give them an apology because I was out on the Bengals in the beginning of the season. They have completely proved me wrong. Um, I did take the money line last week though, so you can't have too much yeah. fun. Which was which was really nice. That kind of saved my week. Um, honestly, I have a couple of takeaways from this game. First off, I don't think that this is result is as surprising as people are making it out to be. Dude, we have to remember that this is still a Ravens team that is getting carried by Lamar Jackson that should have lost to the Colts on primetime a couple weeks ago and is really banged up. Like, they're missing a yeah. lot of their top players still. I really don't think this is a surprising result. Um, The Bengals' pass rush was definitely the biggest factor in why the Bengals won. Contrary to what people will say about whatever their offense was doing, Jamar Chase had a couple of big plays, yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Ravens punted more like this game than they have had to the entire season. And, I mean, all they of their like pass rushers had sacks. Yeah, they don't like to punt. Uh, it's just, uh, speaking of Jamar Chase, I mean, put up over 200 yards. <laughs> like, looking at it now, like, they got some criticism not picking Sewell. But hasn't Jamar Chase like scored in every single game and then plus on Yeah, he's he's been great. Listen, he's been proving me wrong. I was lower on Jamar Chase than consensus, and the dude's an absolute stud. I mean, one thing that's for sure is like, yes, he was obviously really good as a sophomore, but I mean he's massively improved. And then the chemistry with Joe Burrow, yeah, like, I, dude, you're seeing it. Like they're doing yeah. some advanced stuff right out the gate, rookie season, where it's like a lot of sight adjustments, a lot of coverage adjustments. Um, they, they trust Joe Burrow. Like if he wants to go back shoulder for him and, and Jamar chase to be on the same page. And, and I mean, you saw like th that wasn't apparent with AJ green last year, but it clearly is with Jamar chase. Yeah. I mean, that's just I, I definitely a tone from when they played in college together. But Hey man, at the season end of the day, the Bengals would have that first week by. Um, and, yeah, like, they're actually throwing Jamar Chase the ball more than, like, five times now, which is, which is well, nice. I like how, like, you know, like, all this hype came in. Like, Herbert should have been picked before Burrow, and, like, two has kind of just fell out of the conversation, right? But, like, Burrow's, like, up there with Herbert. Like, he's playing just as well, like, playing just as good, and his team is playing good. On top of the Bengals having, you know, a sneaky defense – they're their team you don't want to want to damn well, play. That, that's the x factor is that the Bengals defense is the reason this team is winning games i understand they have a lot of flash on offense but i think that this team is very similar to the cardinals last year where their offense has a lot of flashy good players i'm not saying that their offense is bad but with if you take away these big plays this is not a good offense yeah right? I mean it, 
you take those away, they're probably one of the worst offenses in the league, contrary to what people will tell you. And their defense has been carrying them a lot, giving them extra possessions, making it really annoying on good offenses like the Ravens and like the Packers. Problem is, is that it just happens in the NFL. Unless you're one of those top defenses, the, the, the dark clouds will come. You are going to have weeks where you play poorly, where other guys make plays, and where sometimes teams just figure something out that works against you. And I do think that the Ravens are going to be, not the Ravens, the Bengals are going to be overbought right now. They're going to be a little overhyped. I mean, they're playing the Jets with a backup quarterback, so it's going to be smooth sailing here. But come later in the season, this is a team that I'm probably going to end up fading in the money line because I think that they're going to come back down to earth a little bit, like what the Cardinals did last year after a really hot start. Um, they'll still have some good wins and they'll still play well, but I, I don't think that this is just going to be continuing where they end up keeping up this pace and go what, like 13 and four, 12 and five. Don't yeah, see that, that happening, especially in a tough division. Yeah, that, that that's kind of hard to see. And I think a big reason why is just because we haven't seen it. You know, like they they could be this good, you know and play this well throughout the season, but it's kind of like the same thing. Like, just prove it. Well, like, dude, the Cardinals were like the same thing. I watched all the Cardinals games back on tape, and it's like their offense was slow and inefficient, but Kyler Murray was really amazing, and they had good playmakers, so the playmakers made plays, and that's how yeah. they were able. I mean, they, they had some really great games in offense when things were clicking, but there were times, like in their Lions game, where it's like, if your offense isn't working and you have a couple of bad plays and, you know, injuries and all, the, and just the wear and tear of the season and whatnot, right? When, when things aren't working out, you need things, you need to have something that you can kind of just rely on. You need your scheme and your, your overall system when the big plays aren't happening to be consistent. And if the defense isn't playing at an elite level every week, I, I just don't think that the offense is going to be great enough to do it this year. I, come future years, you know, next year especially, this Bengals team is going to be really freaking scary. Yeah. But as of right now, I'm not ready to crown them one of the tier one teams in the NFL. Like I think oh, some yeah. people have this week. No, nah, you can't do that. Um, that's a home game against a beaten up Ravens team where your pass rush was working. Mm -hmm. Speaking of destroying games, we can kind of cover a bunch of the the two score blowout kind of games. Patriots destroy the Jets. Any surprise here? I thought maybe the Jets would keep it close, possibly, but Zach Wilson goes down. They got uh, off to a rough start. You got fucked. Happens. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't see the Patriots scoring. I knew they would blow them out. I didn't see them scoring 54 points, but I, I think that's this a momentum 54. They, yeah, they had all the momentum. I just feel like it just sucks for Zach Wilson, you know, because like it's not. Like, the Jets were going to win this year. And, like, you know, they need him because they want to win some games. I just, It sucks for him and his development, you know, because it just slows down his development. You know, like, you've seen flashes of him putting it together. And now you're going back to who they got now, Joe Flacco. <laughs> so, like, well, they got, I think they're starting Mike White. Um, Joe Flacco, they traded a conditional sixth round pick for. So, not much. Yeah, I do agree with you just because you look at, Obviously, Zach Wilson, the first three games, struggled mightily. 
And it was against some, I mean, you're looking at the defenses he played at Carolina at full strength, by the way. Yeah. Um, at home against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and then at Denver. Like, those are three top-of-the-league caliber defenses with really tremendous playmakers that were hot, especially at that point of their de- at the season, their defenses. The past two games, though, against the Titans, against the Falcons, it wasn't amazing, but you saw a clear improvement, and he was playing a lot better, and they were in those games. I mean, they won against the Titans. Um, against the Patriots, I mean, it wasn't looking amazing or anything, but... He was starting to make strides. It was early in the game. So you're right. It's just annoying that once he started to figure some things out and started, it feels like, to get the wheels turning, he gets hurt and he's out. But I I don't think it's anything terrible, per Mm. se. Um, Okay, let's move on, though, because there's really nothing in that game. The Rams beat the Lions 28-19. to I mean, you got to give the Lions some credit. They came out. They were really creative with you know they had a fake punt they had an onside kick um that that screen early in the game to deandre swift was like perfectly drawn up no one even touched him on the touchdown um against an all-out blitz but the rams are the rams sean mcveigh sean mcveigh and they ended up coming back and winning yeah i mean just kind of like the line season you know like they they've played tough in some games you know they i mean they've gotten blown out but they play tough but Ultimately, at the end of the day, Rams versus Lions. I mean, more talent. Rams just have too much talent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more talented team. Um, Raiders beat the Eagles thirty-three to twenty-two. This game, it, like all the Eagles games, was more of a blowout than the scoreline would indicate. I, I'm just done with Nick Sirianni, to be honest. I, I this guy is just such a fraud, and it's funny yeah. because I was, I was, you know, in my Bengals tirade in the offseason, I was like, okay, well, their head coach, um is the last one that I would pick in the league. Well, there's a new spot for for that title, and that would be Nick Sirianni. Okay. <laughs> there's a new guy for that job. Well, he might not have a job long, so I, I – yeah, d- does he just not like running the ball? Like, it's just – You know what he it, – it feels like a couple of things. The first one is that, dude, I, I'm still – the Eagles, to me, are one of those teams where I feel like they take the data analytics too seriously. There needs to be a give and a take because I just hate everything that they do. And it feels like that they're the team that, like, you look at the analytical decisions. And, uh, listen, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like they're one of those teams that's like, okay, well, if it's a fourth down and three in this scenario, you should go for it. And they do. And then it's like, well, shit, it's not working out. Um, but it was a statistical advantage. And it's just like, dude, this is trash. And even it's gone into the play calling and their style of offense. I'm just done. I am done with it. I hate it. Disagree with with so many things. And their personnel is not as bad as they're playing. So, sorry, Nick Searing. I'm going to give up on you early here. Nice. I, yeah, they're just not a good football team. <laughs> like Or playing like one. Um, and I mean, the, the same thing too, losing their defensive coordinator from last year. I understand that Eagles have had struggles oh, yeah. in their secondary and whatnot, and they've had struggles. But I can't remember his name. But with him leaving with, with the D- Eagles defense at the end of last season that was playing well is just the nail in the coffin. too. They, they played well against the Falcons week one who just clearly weren't ready to play, but yeah, that, that O-line, that game got blown up. 
I don't know. I, I'm just so out on the Eagles. They can definitely turn around. They have some talent on their roster. Like, they have good players, but it seems like it's the same problem every year for this football team, even if you change coaching staffs. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Cardinals destroy the Texans 31-5. to Yeah, what a game. <laughs> I just always love when you get some weird scores like five points. Um, nothing there. There's no surprises, no takeaways, no nothings. I mean, the Texans got off to like a five nothing lead or something. I'm pretty sure, but then 31 unanswered. <laughs> yeah, nothing there. Well, those um, the are going to be like you know. I don't. I still don't know if they're the best team in football, even though they're undefeated. But I mean. It's just not a shocker game. One of the worst teams in the league going up against the best, and they just kind of manhandle you. Yeah. Um, Titans destroy the Chiefs. Oh, that was a pretty crazy game. Uh, I'm oh the Thursday night football game is on actually. Um, yeah, like the the Chiefs' offense has just really been struggling. I think that that's just the major takeaway. It's just a bad game. Now, (laughs) Chiefs. Is like we're getting into now. You still not worried? No. I I don't know, dude. I I, do you want to play the Chiefs? Right now, if you're a team, yeah, right now, yeah. You want to play the Chiefs? No, no shot. They're gonna. I think they'll still figure it out. You want to play them before they figure it out? I don't want to play them in general. I wouldn't want to play the Bills, but like. I mean, three points. I like. I get it. Like, law of averages, I guess, because Patrick Mahomes is eventually going to have a bad game, right? But like, this was. I. It's just you know. It's they're just, just trying to do too much. They're trying to win they, the game in one play. You know, they get to an early deficit, things aren't working, and Patrick Mahomes is trying to just win the game in one play. I will and he'll, he, he's going to get back to it. He's too I good. Think, I think. I think Mahomes is trying to do a little too much. And they can't um, run the ball, and now they're somewhat unwilling to run the ball. But Andy Reid's creative enough. He's going to supplement the run game with some short passing crap and whatnot. But They'll be fine. Than, I'm not worried about the offense because the offense is too dynamic where, like, they're never going to have a game where they don't score a touchdown the rest of the season, right? Like, that's one blunder. And I know the second half they held the Titans um, to no points, but that secondary is horrific. And alongside of no pass rush, I, I'm not confident in that defense. It makes it where the Chiefs have to score 30 points every game. If they do not score 30 points, they will. I mean, that's what it was last year, though. Dude, you want to yeah, know why they true. suck? Yeah. They're, they're tied for last in the league with in, in turnover differential with the Jaguars at minus 10. Listen to all oh, these teams yeah. that are close to them. Jets, minus 8. Niners, minus 7. Panthers, minus 5. Name the the top most underperforming teams in the league this year. Well, guess what? That's basically all of them. Like, <laughs> there yeah. you go. There's the reason. You're not getting turnovers, and you're turning over the ball way too much. So, and you're not being efficient with the football. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's. I mean, people are going to say this about the Chiefs, this, that, and the other defense. The defense sucked last year. They just had better play from their secondary. Yeah. And they, they weren't turning the ball over a shit ton. Uh, they they beat themselves as much as the Titans beat them that game. All right, let's speed run these couple of games so we can get off and watch this Thursday night game. Um, 
Colts beat the 49ers 30 to 18. That was a shit show of a game. I feel like nobody wanted to win it. It was so ugly. The rain just completely ruined a a football game. Um, And the Colts ended up making a couple of more plays and almost like not fucking up as much as the Niners have. Yeah. Um, The Saints beat the Seahawks 13 to 10. Um, That was an ugly game. The Seahawks suck. I'm sorry. That is just an atrocity of a game. The fact that that was a three-point game is honestly mind-boggling. They should have lost by, like, 40 points. Oh, yeah, 100%. Seahawks are done. They need Ross. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, listen, Geno Smith, I understand you're under pressure. The Saints' defense is really good. But how many times are you just going to, against a free rusher, just not throw to your open, hot receiver and just pump fake and take a sack? How many times can you just do the same thing over and over and over again? And is no one telling him just like, listen, man, you're just going to have to do that pump fake and, and make a throw in an arm angle or spin out or or just throw the football at some point. Like, yeah. and, you know, just running it into a stacked box, expecting you to get yards. And then you're like, oh, well, shit, we're in a third and 10. I guess now we have to throw the ball. And it's like, dude, it's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really terrible. And then it's funny because, you know, they were trying to just pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. And then the one time they're like, okay, now we have to cash in on play action. Geno Smith misses the wide open throw. It's just like, God damn, this is a nightmare for the Seahawks. Yeah, they had that one big play with DK early in the game. Then after that, nothing. Yeah, you got three points off of a turnover. And, I mean, the Saints, the Saints, Jameis Winston actually played pretty well. He was getting some slander on Twitter. Dude, I didn't like, he only scored 13. Like, uh, the receivers can't catch the fucking ball. I thought, yeah, Jameis, like, I thought Jameis looked fine. I, Jameis yeah. had a couple of misses. I'm not going to say it was perfect, but, dude, he had a couple really solid throws that his receivers dropped that did make plays. They had the one throw in the end zone to Callaway where the a Seahawks linebacker made a really tremendous play on the ball. He he jumped, like, probably 10 feet in the air to, to tip a pass. Mm-hmm. Um a couple of drops and and then that Troutman fumble and then you know the Seahawks are just trying to make the game grindy, run the ball, chew clock, whatever. Um, the Seahawks are terrible without Russell Wilson. They they really are. Hundred percent. Um, I mean, we kind of glossed over the Colts Niners game. A- anything of note from that game for you? Nothing that I I just kind of wanted to turn off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not a not a great game to watch. It was just the only thing I was watching for was because I bet the Colts and I mean it hit but like Jesus I wanted to tear my eyeballs out <laughs> um so yeah that's gonna do it from us here if you made it this far thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching we really appreciate it if you're watching on the tube hit us with a subscribe um if you're watching on Spotify or Apple podcast follow subscribe whatever the button says we'd really appreciate it um but thank you so much for tuning in peace out